I want you to take your Bible tonight. I want you to turn with, turn with us to Psalm 37. Psalm 37, a familiar passage to many of us. Most of us can quote a verse or two of Psalm 37. And we will, uh, I, I will actually read the verse that we're probably most familiar with. Stand with me, Psalm 37, verse number 4. Psalm 37, 4. The Bible says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Let's pray. Father, help us now. Lord, I know things are a little off tonight from what they normally are. Lord, it seems like my hearing is, is off tonight. I'm, I, my head feels like it stopped up. And then, Lord, we, we've not had the congregation, and we, we, things are just different than they normally are. Lord, I pray that you'd bless your word. Lord, it's not about semantics. It's not about antics. It's not even about our, even our presentation, but it's all about the word of God and it's finding its lodging place. So, Lord, if you'd help us to do that tonight, and Lord, may nothing distract, and Lord, I pray for those that are home listening sick, bless them and help them. They'd be here if they could. And Lord, would you bless them in Christ's name, amen and amen. Thank you very much, and please be seated. Well, let me give you, give you the, the back story as to why I chose this verse tonight. Uh, yesterday was the 35th anniversary of WGCR radio becoming great it was great country radio in 1985 and 1986, but January the 31st, 1987, great country radio became gospel Carolina radio. And so 35 years of broadcasting the gospel yesterday. And so it actually started 36, the, you know, the 31st was our anniversary. It was our, that, was our, that was our birthday. And so uh, we've completed 35 full years and I got to thinking about it. We were off the air four days that I know of in 35 years, but we were on the air more than four nights. So technically, we got 100. We made 101 on the test. All right. So we've actually broadcast more than we're more than we're supposed to. Because when you add the nights up that we've broadcast the disaster nights over the years, we were on four or five nights, and so we we get a get a little better than a perfect mark if you figure it that way. And of course, we're there this week working on transmitters and, and all these other things, all of that's going on, putting in a new 50,000-watt transmitter for the AM. But my mind went back to Mull Arcade as I talked about it and shared about the story. And my mind went back to the verse that we claimed. And it's Psalm 37, 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. And I went back through some old notes, and I found some thoughts from a long time ago, and I wanted to bring those back to light tonight. And I want you to watch this. If, if you will notice this, there's a, there's a stark contrast in the book of Psalms, chapter 37. There is the things that are... Uh, that, that are common, that are, that are a characteristic of the righteous. And then the Bible tells us some things about the unrighteous. Verse 1 and 2 deal with the unrighteous. And then the latter part of the chapter deals with the unrighteous. But I deliberately wanted to pick out the verses that deal with the righteous. And so when... 
there are things in the Bible that are unconditional. In other words, you ain't got to do a thing. They're just, there are promises that are unconditional. God said it, and that's the way it is. Okay? God said it, and that's the way it is. But there are conditional promises. What does that mean? Well, God says, there's time in the Scripture, there's time, God says, if you'll do this, I'll do this. And if you'll do this, I'll do that. That's called a conditional promise. Now, the condition is that God will do what He'll do, but He's requiring something of us. And so, uh, we're not talking about works, we're just talking about meeting God's conditions. And uh, I found it to be true that it's not that God is setting up in heaven stingily doling out blessings. That's not the way it works because He don't have enough to go around. Just the opposite. He's trying to get us to get where we're blessable. And if we'll get in a blessable shape, then He's anxious and willing and wanting to bless us above and beyond that which we can ask or think. We know that to be the case. And so when we, when we during, the whole trend, during the whole process of buying the radio station, I can remember being there at Mall Arcade. We had not yet taken it over. We were in the process of it. The month of January, we bought it on the 31st of December, 1986. And so we went in and began to remodel and do things starting that next week in January. We built a live studio. It's just one big room. We built a live studio, and we done this and that. We done all this stuff. I remember. I remember the curtains that we put up on the window. I remember a lot of things that we did along those lines. The you know changing out the air conditioner. Just just some things that we did there in the old tag office. But I also remember. I don't know why, but that something about that window and those curtains remind me of this verse because I. I can remember being up there working one day with a saw and, and two befores, and I was putting up a wall and doing these things. And the Lord just reminded me, Delight thyself also on the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. And the Lord said, Well, here you are. Well, here you are. And I said, Praise God, this is real. This is real. This, is, this really happened. This, is, this really, really happened. And so we worked on it up until the 30th day of January, and then we signed a lease management agreement, an LMA, and we took over for about two weeks till the license come through. And then, of course, we, from there we started IDing. Instead of, the, somebody said, why does the original sign-on say Edco Communications? Because that's who still owned it legally. But we were, had entered in, we were buying it, but it had not cleared the FCC, so we still had to ID that way until we got it transferred into our name. And so the Lord, that was the station, that was the verse that the Lord used. The passage the Lord used was Nehemiah 3. I've shared that with you. But the verse the Lord used was, used was delight thyself also in the Lord. I'd always been fascinated with radio. As a kid, I, I listened to the radio a lot. And as, the, as a kid, I mean, there was only one station you could pick up. Unless you crawl up on the house and turn the arrow, you know, there's only one station, and it's black and white. Uh, you know, only rich people had color TVs. And so, and the only, by the way, you, there wasn't no need to have a color TV because the only show on television was Bonanza. 
It was the first color TV program ever, ever introduced, okay? It was Bonanza. And if you ever noticed that they wore the same clothes all the time, they bound to get stinky because they always wore the same clothes. And they had the, it's always the same color, the exact same clothes. They wore them for years. They wore them same clothes. Every time you'd see them, they wore them same clothes. One had on yellow, one had on green, one had on red. Remember that? They all, same clothes. Always had the same clothes on. The first color TV program I ever saw was Batman. Remember that? Do 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 do. It was the it wasn't the cartoon. It was the it was the the actual program. But it was they had a cartoon beginning. And it would go zowie and, and bam and boom and things like that would be the, would come out across it like a cartoon. And I remember going in the neighbor's house when I was a kid and they turned all the lights out and everything was, was uh, black and white till they come up to that program. When that come on, it made me car sick. I got right car sick with that thing because it just, I, I don't know, it just made me car sick. And, uh, it just was so bright and so in your face, and I don't know, it just made me car sick. I, I didn't enjoy watching it, but I remember the first color TV program I ever saw. But you gotta remember, I'm, I come from the days of the party line, and uh, you know, if you had a phone, it was a party line, and uh, running water, you run to the spring and get it, you know, run to the well and draw it, that's, uh, you know. So that's, uh, uh, you know, those days. But radio was a big part. Matter of fact, in our, in our routine at my grandpa's, you listen to the radio every single day. At 6 o'clock, you turned on WPNF and Brevard for Bill Norris with the latest local news. Fred Ryder and Bill Norris with the latest local news. And they'd give the news, and then they would give the obituary column. And you'd sit there and you'd listen to the obituaries till the obituaries went off. Then you'd take that big old console radio sitting behind a wood stove and turn it off. Then you'd turn on that television that had a round tube. It was a round picture tube. And they'd put an aerial up on top of the hill, picked up one station. You used to only pick up Charlotte. And then when Greenville come in, you couldn't pick up Charlotte anymore. And the Greenville station, the only station we get is Greenville. And so didn't watch a lot of television, but would turn it on and watch uh, Chet Huntley and David Brinkley on the uh, NBC Nightly News. And the reason we watched it was because we had cousins. Grandpa had grandsons fighting in Vietnam. And so that's why you'd always watch the news, see if you could see anything, you know. And they would, I remember them telling about the Tet Offensive and all those things in the 60s. And so, but there wasn't a lot of TV watched in our home, it was mostly radio. Sunday morning, uh, they would listen to the radio, and then there would be a program called, they used to have the, you might remember the singing cloud family come on and had the headdresses on, the Indians that would come on and sing, you might remember them? And Jubilee, you're invited to a gospel Jubilee, you'd have Happy Goodman, and you'd have uh, the Florida Boys, and you'd have all those people sing on television. Be a, and my, my grandparents would get up and get dressed and get their Sunday clothes on set in front of the television. They'd sit in front of the radio and listen, because I had a great uncle, grandma's brother was on the radio, and then they'd turn on the television and you'd watch them gospel programs on Sunday morning. That was, that was our routine. So, grew up with radio. As a, as a young man, I remember listening at night to those AM stations distant. We didn't know what FM was. It, it was probably around, but we didn't know what it was. Nobody had one. And uh, so we'd listen to them distant stations. Somebody asked me, hey, did you ever listen to Chicago? I don't remember listening to it. I do remember Cincinnati. 
I do remember WLW Cincinnati, and I remember uh, Wono, W-O-W-O, Fort Wayne, Indiana, 50,000-watt clear channel. I remember listening to Wono out of Fort Wayne, Indiana. You thought that was the coolest thing ever was. Yeah. I had a little crystal radio, and I put an earplug in my ear, and I could pick that thing up of a night on a little crystal radio set. And so that was a, it was a big deal. So I'd always been interested in radio. When I surrendered to preach, first thing I did, go down to the local radio station and get a broadcast. And come on that thing, crack a mic. First time I said, hello, world. You could hear it from the Glady Branch Bridge all the way down to the Pisgah Forest Bridge. You could hear it between the two bridges as far as it'd go overnight, you know. That's all it was. You couldn't even hear the ball game at, at, at Salika. You couldn't hear the Bavard game. Uh, you know, it was too scratchy. You couldn't hear it hardly. So, but uh, got a broadcast on there five minutes before, 12, before one every day called Heaven We're Bound. And I was on the broadcast. I'd get behind on my broadcast, and I'd get Brother Ray to come and invite him to come preach, and he'd usually slip me a little money. One, year, one time he didn't. He preached the whole week, didn't give me nothing. And, uh, but uh, usually he'd give me a little money on the broadcast if I let him preach. And so when I'd get in the bind, I'd get Brother Ray to preach my Heaven Rebound broadcast, five minutes. And so that, that's, that gives you a little bit of the background. And, of course, I got thrown off when they did a for format change. But the same fellow that throwed me off is the guy who built WGCR. And he told me then, he said, he said, if I ever get a station, you'll be the first one on. So that's where Take 5 come from. It used to be Take 5 with Randy Barton. Uh, I come on at, at, uh, at, five, at, uh, at noon every day. It was Take 5 with Randy Barton. And then we'd take turn about. Randy Barton, Ray Aiken, Randy Barton, Ray Aiken. Well, I couldn't keep up my end of it, even half of it. So I had, we had the anchor broadcast. We started the first day was ever on. First Sunday was ever on GCR. We were on it. And it's 1,000-watt station in Brevard. And so, but I couldn't keep up the bill on just the broadcast, on the, on, the, on the preaching service. So I give up take five, and Brother Ray took it. And so he and I, Miss Jean named it. And he and I went to Sears and Roebuck and bought a tape recorder and a microphone and brought it in cassette tapes. And I showed him how to record, and that's how... That's how he started in, in the broadcast in the broadcast business. Miss Jean, she, she named it Take Five. I can keep going with all a bunch of whole things along those lines, but I'm just going to say this. God can use your interests. And it's, 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 people say, well, God can't use that. Well, you'd be surprised what God can use. You know, uh, you'd just be surprised what God can use. Stephen's sitting here, so I'll be glad, I, I don't, but... Stephen's always been a, an equestrian. He's always been involved in, you know, animal husbandry and all those things. He's been good at that. Well, when he got down in South America, more than once, uh, people's animals were sick, different situations, and he's been able to use his ability, his understanding of animals, uh, to 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 reach people and to open doors to people. And then, uh, when you get down there, they have termite hills as big as you high as your waist. You don't build much out of wood down there near the ground because them termites will eat it up. Even the ants will eat the wood down there. So everything's done out of masonry. Well, guess what his sideline was? Masonry. And so building masonry. So he, he was right, you know, and so they built out of adobe blocks and all this other stuff. So he was, he, God used those things. And I, and I found it to be true in a number of situations. I've seen God do that over and over and over again. And I've seen God just do that more and more. Well, I'm, 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 I'm going somewhere, so don't, don't leave me. 
What I'm trying to say is this. Uh, if we will delight ourselves in the Lord. Let, let me back up one. Before we get there, let me back up. Let's look in verse number three. Now, can I, can I call your attention just to some general things? There are some words that I'm interested in. I'm interested in the word trust. It's a verb. Verse number three. Verse number four. The way that it is used, uh, it's also a verb. It's an action verb, to delight is a verb. It's something you're supposed to do. So verse number four, the word delight. Verse number five also is a verb, the way it's used, commit. Verse number seven, even though it's, a, even though it's the word rest, it's still an action verb. It's something that we're told to do. It's to do. It's an it's a, it's a, it's a action verb. And because of that, the Bible says to rest. And then I'm looking all the way down in verse number 23, and there's two words there. It says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And so there's, there's action in that as well, ordered. But I want you to, I want to bring your, your thoughts to this. Look what the Bible says. I, I've showed you these verbs. Now I want to show you these words. The Bible says, number, verse 3, trust in what? In the Lord. Look in verse number 4, delight thyself where? In the Lord, also in the Lord. Look in verse number five. Commit thy way where? Unto the Lord. In verse number seven, rest where? In the Lord. Not rest in uh, recreational intoxication, but rest in the Lord. And then the Bible says in verse 23 that uh, steps of a good man are ordered, wow, by the Lord. And then the latter part, verse number 24 says, uh, though he fall, he shall not only be cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. So do you see the, the redundancy and the emphasis that's in this about this righteous man? Let's take it apart by looking at verse number three. I want you to see, first of all, the, the righteous man's dwelling. The Bible says, trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land. Now, understand that in the Old Testament economy, Israel's hope was the land. The Jew was always about the land. That was God's covenant with them was the land, the land, the land. For the New Testament church, our hope is the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. Canaan land, amen? Beulah land, that, that, that happy land of promise beyond the golden shore. That's the one I'm talking about, the dwelling. And so there's the place in this thing, thou shalt dwelt in the land. Notice the Notice the, the word shout. Look in verse 3. And do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land. And then it says, and verily thou shalt be fed. In verse number 4. Thou art thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee desires on heart. Look in verse number 5. Trust also in him, middle part through, and he shall bring it to pass. It's there. And so again and again. And so when, and, and by the way, you don't get a stronger word than shall. It's not maybe, it's not hope, so, think, so, could be, might be, but it's shall. And when God says it shall, he's the only entity in the universe that can make that happen. And when God gives you his word on it, it's, it's, it's going to happen. When God says shout, you don't, have, you don't have to stay up and worry about that. It'll happen. Just as sure as God says shout, it'll happen. So he tells us uh, the dwelling, he tells us about the place. But then he says this, and verily thou shalt be fed. 
also his provision. His provision. You know, I was thinking about this. Uh, we had a man a year ago today, a gentleman died. And uh, he, was, he is a friend of this ministry. And I got to thinking about it. You know, I didn't even really know him. Not really. I kind of knew who he was, but I didn't really know him that well. But he ended up being a great blessing to this ministry. And I thought about that, how that if God can use ravens to feed Elijah, God can use folks that we don't even know. You know? I had somebody that, I had a pastor call me and said, I need some need some financial questions answered. So I said, So we talked. And then he called me back and he said, need you to come meet with us. Well, it's a little piece away, but I said, okay, I will. That's fine. I had no idea that we were going to be the recipient of their benevolence. I had no idea. I mean, I certainly didn't save what I said for that reason, and I certainly didn't go up there for that reason. I was as stunned as I could be. Now, it didn't stay here. It was all routed through here. But hey, that's just as good. That's what we'd done with it anyway, you know. And and everything that was, everything that they wanted done, we, you know, we were able to choose who and what and how and when and where. And that's just thrilling. And the Lord did that. Man, I didn't even know. Yeah. And so God can do that, and God has done that. He said, and verily thou shalt be fed. And so there's the righteous man's dwelling. Had a man call me after prayer time today, and he said, Preacher, what are we going to do? And I said, I don't know. He said, well, he said, if we go to cryptocurrency and the government's got all the money and we go to a digital currency, what's, what's, what's the cash going to do? And I said, well, I can tell you what it did in Europe. When they went to the euro, there was a sundown on all of the... The day, they, the day they initiated the euro, they locked in how much exchange rate was. And you had so many days to turn in all of your money. All your farm, all your money from the different countries. The German mark, was it the mark? And uh, the French, what was it called? Was it the franc? And all this, but, but after a certain time, that money was no longer worth anything because they adopted the euro, the European Union currency. And now that money is only for souvenirs. It has zero value. So I said, well, I'm going to get me a bunch of money and put up under my mattress. Yeah, and what about when they do away with the dollar? And they say, no more dollars. It's all crypto. It's all digital. And so you got to have this chip or you can't buy or sell. Now what you going to do? Having a bunch under your mattress, it's, not, it's just going to be good for a feather tick. It's just going to be a padding. That's all it's going to be. You can sleep like a millionaire. Used to be, you know, because that's all it's going to be. It's, you know, like Confederate money. All Confederate money for is good for souvenirs now. After the war and the Confederates lost, Confederate money wasn't worth the papers printed on. They tore some sheetrock out, or not sheetrock, but they tore some uh, plaster out of an old house and somebody had taken Confederate money and mixed it with some type of a paste and had plastered the walls of an old house with it to make a layer so that the air wouldn't blow through the cracks. 
They, and I mean, there are thousands and thousands of dollars on this wall, outside wall, to keep air from blowing in. And I, I went in an old house, and they did it with newspapers. They plastered the wall with newspapers. And it was to keep the air from coming in the cracks, anything to insulate. They had the right idea. Today we grind it up and blow it in the attic, but it's the same idea, you know. Anything to make it a little bit airtight. Well, there are houses that people who were millionaires in Confederate money were paupers, and they wallpapered the walls with it after the Civil War was concluded. So I said, well, what are we going to do, preacher? Well, we're going to trust in the Lord and do good. And the Scripture says, and verily thou shalt be fed. Now, I don't know exactly how the Lord's going to do that, but I'm hoping to be out of here before then, aren't you? I'm hoping to be gone before it gets to that place. So there's the righteous man's dwelling in verse number 3. There's the righteous man's, our, our text verse, righteous man's delight in verse number 4. The Bible says, delight thyself also in the Lord. Notice the phrase, in the Lord. Notice that those are all capital letters, L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Anytime in the Old Testament that you see the word Lord written like that, it's always a transliteration of the word Jehovah, or at least the word Yah, the Old Testament name for God. It's always that way. It's written little L-O-R-D, and that means like, you know, uh, Sarah called Abraham Lord, little L-O-R-D. And then there's capital L, little O-R-D, and that's usually uh, the word Adonai. It's typically what it, what it stands for, Adonai. But boy, when you see it, in all caps, it's the covenant-keeping name of the God of Israel, and meaning that he's not just the creator, God, uh, capital G, little O-D. He's not just Elohim, as Genesis 1-1 is, is the Hebrew word. He's not just capital L, little O-R-D, Adonai, which means ruler of everything. But he is capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. He is the Lord. He is the creator God. He is the ruling God, but bigger than that, he is covenant-keeping God. Now, he made everything. He don't have to keep covenant with us, but he chose, chose to. He chooses to. And so, delight thyself also in the Lord, and what shall happen, and shall, he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Somebody said, well, I want a pink Cadillac, and I want it now. Well, that's not what it says. I know that's what they, on TV, some of these evangelists will tell you that TV evangelists tell you that's what it means, but that's not what it means. Notice it says, delight thyself also in the Lord. In other words, if we delight in Him, in other words, if what makes Him happy makes us happy. Oh, See? Yeah, that's good. See, if what, makes, if what makes us happy is what makes Him happy, then what makes this old flesh happy won't make us happy anymore. And so we will desire what God wants. And can I tell you, God's quick to grant the desires, the things that He wants to bring about anyway. He's not stingy about His blessings that He's wanting to bestow anyhow, that He's wanting to bestow anyway. And so there's the righteous man's dwelling, but there's also the righteous man's delight. Delight thyself also in the Lord. I want you to understand that if a man ever gets to that place, you know, I find it oftentimes when you're praying about the will of God. 
you're wrestling with it. Lord, is this your will? Is this not your will? Is this your will? Is this not your will? You know how that is. But when you become neutral over that thing, and you become and you say, Lord, I just want what you want. Lord, I just want it what I just want what you want. Seriously. Usually we got we say that, but we actually got a little what we really want in our back of our mind, you know. You know? It's kind of like, you know, your wife says, Where do you want to eat at, honey? And you say, well, It don't matter to me where you want to eat. And she says, Don't matter to me where you want to eat. And you go, It don't matter to me where you want to eat. I knew one fella. They went through that about six, eight times. He pulled into convenience store. He said, you sure you don't have anything you desire? But then nothing. She said, no. He said, huh? He went in and got some mustard-based sardines and a pack of premium saltine crackers and an RC cola. He said, well, if it don't matter, here. And that's what she had for supper, or at least I doubt she had them. That's what he offered her for supper. That's what the way the story goes. You know, we, we do the Lord that way. We say, Lord, now, Lord, whatever you want. But now, when we really get down to it, what do we want? Well, we always got our person. We always got, you know. But what did the Lord, what did, what did Christ say in the garden? So as we will let this cup pass, but Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. When we get neutral, that's when God can show us his will. When we get neutral, that we want God's will more than we want our will. Now, Lord, this, this looks good, and Lord, there's a real, this, this looks like a but. Lord, I just want what you want. And Lord, close this thing down. And when you get you, you can pray like that. Then, you, then, you're, on, then you're on good ground uh, for God to, to, see some, to see some seed spring forth. So there's the righteous man's dwelling, the righteous man's delight. Look in verse number five. There's the righteous man's dependence. The Bible says, commit thy way, notice the phrase, unto the Lord. There's the word again, trust also in him. We had it in verse 3. And there's that word, and he shall bring it to pass. Bring it to pass. He goes on to elaborate on it and says in verse 7, he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light. And that's where I get the idea of the righteous man. I found that word in verse number 6. Uh, the righteous man's dwelling, the righteous man's delight, the righteous man's dependence. He shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noon day. Can I say when we commit our way to him, it's, Lord, it's, it's yours. You're going to have to do it. I mean, I wasn't even going to tell how much the faith promise was Sunday. I, I, I don't know if I was embarrassed or shamed or afraid it would demoralize the people. We had a pretty good group here Sunday, but if, if I was to got up and told you, all right, now, for every man, woman, and boy here, you're going to have to give X number, $100 a month. How would people to take a took to that? They'd go, well, no, wait just a minute. You know, I'll fix that. I won't be here. I won't come back. But you see, when you commit your way to Him, commit thy way unto the Lord, He shall bring it to pass. Lord, what you will. Sometimes the Lord wants us to step out of the boat, doesn't He? Sometimes the Lord wants us to ask Him for the 
unthinkable. Christian workers in jail who had to come up with 150000 another state had to come up with $150,000 cash bond. They'd been in jail five days. And I went with just what I could carry on me, and I got up there, and they went, nobody had no money. And I thought it's like North Carolina. You could put up property, and you could get them out that way. Lawyer told me, he said, it'll take weeks to get them out with property. I said, what in the world are we going to do? And I said, well, I want you to ask that I'm, I'm dealing with the lawyers. And I said, I want you to ask the judge to reduction. And one of the fellows spoke up. He said, well, now, son, he didn't call me son, but he said, sir, he said, uh, he said, in our state, we have a law. And what happened was a man in, in Kentucky, a rich man, his daughter was murdered in the state of Kentucky. And the man went to jail, but he got out early on good behavior. And the dad was in the grocery store one day and come around the corner, and there was the murderer standing in the grocery store. And he freaked out. Thought he broke out of prison or whatever. They never told him. They never told him anything. So they passed a law called Marcy's Law, and that was the girl's name. And this dad lobbied and lobbied and lobbied until he got it passed. Marcy's Law says that victims have the right to know when somebody's getting paroled or even being considered for parole. They have a right to testify, you know, about it to the parole board. And bond reduction, getting somebody out of jail. They have the right to argue against bond reduction. The problem is you have to tell them when the, when the bond hearing's going to be, and you have to give them a chance to show up. And then if they don't show up, then you have an opportunity to maybe reduce it. But you got to give them that opportunity. Well, my lawyer, of all things, our lawyer, the lawyer that I was using, one of the lawyers, we had three, but the, one of the lawyers, he brought it up to the judge. <laughs> he said, well, Your Honor, I realize that Marcy's law is probably in play here. He said, but we would like the, your honor to entertain a reduced bond. And I thought, why did you remind him of that? Why did you say that? That's kind of going against our own cause, you know. Why, why did you do that? But that's what he said. And I thought, boy, there ain't no chance now. We're, we're shot. We ain't no chance now. Ain't no shot. And uh, they talked back and forth there a little bit. Judge was looking. He was on his phone, and I thought, what's he doing on his phone? Ordering something off Amazon? What's he doing? He's on his phone. What it was, they had sent him the report, the, the criminal records of each of these people, which there were no criminal records. And he was looking at that. He had brought it up on his document on his phone. He kept doing this, turning pages on his phone. And that's what he's doing. He, so he didn't say nothing. He just sat there looking at that, looking at that, looking at that. And the longer he sat there, the more I watched that district attorney get aggravated. And the judge said, R-O-R. -R. And then he started talking about some other stuff. And I thought, yeah, but how much is the bail? And he said, next case. And they said the same thing, and he did the same thing, repeated almost identical. He said, R-O-R. -R. And then and he talked about some other stuff. And this fellow over here, this prosecuting attorney, this district attorney, more, more he says, whatever he's saying, the matter he gets, I don't know what ROAR stands for, 
but he don't like it. Now that much I got, okay? I ain't a, I ain't a brilliant man, but I can see body language. The more he talked, the more matter that fella got. But he's a judge. That's his courtroom. He don't care what that, that he don't work for that fella. You know, just the opposite. Well, come down to the third one, they said R-O-R. And that fella down of disgusted acting. Well, I still don't know what's happened because they didn't set the bond. They didn't reduce the bond. So when I saw the lawyers start to leave, I was first and out. And I went out the back of the courtroom, and I turned around. I went straight out and turned around. And when they broke through them doors walking together, I said, what just happened? He said, the unthinkable just happened, preacher. I said, what happened? He said, R-O-R. I said, yeah, I heard that. What does that mean? He said, release on recognizance. I said, what does that mean? He said, they're free to go. You owe $25 court fee down to the clerk's office for each one of them. They're free to leave. I said, when? He said, as soon as they process them out, they're free to leave. He said, that's never happened. It don't happen. He said, there's no way. Well, here's the thing. I rounded up all the cash I could find. They didn't take checks. I carried a dangerous amount of cash up there. Everything we had on hand, I carried everything we had. That's all we had. I tried to go the property right way. That didn't work. I tried getting a bondsman. They don't have bondsmen in that state. They don't even have bondsmen. I'm hung this way, and I'm hung this way, and I'm hung this way. We got a breastfeeding mother in there separated from her baby. We got a Christian a worker sleeping on the floor because this place is so full there's no bed. Down in a dungeon. And I said, Lord, <laughs> you didn't bring us up here for no reason. Lord, this is yours. They're yours. This, is, this whole thing's yours. And Lord, we've done everything we know to do, but Lord, I, I can't do no more. Lord, it's yours. Well, it's about that time the Lord said, thank you very much. <laughs> I'll take it. We stepped back. He stepped up. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. The righteous man's dependence. The Bible says, rest in the Lord. And this is the part I don't like. And wait patiently for him. You don't like the Bible? No, there's parts of it I don't like. I mean, I don't mind preaching it. I just can't, I don't like living it. And wait patiently for him. That's the hard part. Rest in the Lord. There's the righteous man's discipline. Waiting. Resting. And then he goes on to give us some, some, some details. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Same thing. Saw that. I saw. Here's the problem. They set that thing up on a double holiday to where those Christian workers could not get out of jail. No way, no how. And they waited till after 5 o'clock to set the bond, and they fixed it so they'd have five days in jail. In there with the drunks, the drug addicts, and the whole outfit. 
They fixed it that way. If I'd have had the cash money, still couldn't have got them out because you have to go directly to her court and clerk court's closed on Friday. They arrest them on Thursday. They turned themselves in on Thursday, said there was a warrant for them, and they turned themselves in. But they wouldn't set the bond until that evening after five. Clerk was closed. Clerk was closed on Friday, closed on Monday. First time clerk was open was Tuesday. And we're up there for a bond hearing. They deliberately did that. It was spite work. And I want to tell you something. I don't like that. I don't like how somebody have an upper hand. It bothers me when somebody does you that way and you ain't got nothing you can do back. There's nothing you can do. There's law abiding citizens and there's not one thing that you can do. That's the, that's the hard part. That's the resting part. That's the patient part. Fret not because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. But let me tell you what I've decided. You know, somebody does their job. Everybody's got a job to do. We're pro-law enforcement. We're pro-judicial system. We're pro-all of that. We're not lawbreakers. We're law abiders. We're law keepers. When you take somebody that does something and uses their position vengefully, God don't appreciate people taking spite and vengeance against his youngins. So how do you know? Because every time I've ever seen it done, I've seen God overrule. Every time. Every time that God's ever done that, I've seen God overrule. Overrule, overrule, overrule. I watched it. I've seen it. I saw a triple homicide as a result. Saw the results of a triple homicide. As a result, if somebody riding roughshod over God's people saw it, and it was a murder-suicide, and it had nothing to do with the case, but it happened to those principles that were had an axe to grind, and they were against the things of God, against the people of God. As a matter of fact, me and David Gibbs discussed that case that I was involved in. We discussed that case during this case. I said, do you remember that? He said, oh, how much I remembered. And we started talking about the details of it. There's the righteous man's discipline. It's hard to wait on the Lord when the Lord don't seem to be doing nothing. Billy Kelly said, well, I'll kill somebody. I'll shoot somebody or I'll whoop somebody. And somebody told Billy, said, now, Billy, the Lord says, the Bible says, vengeance is mine. I will repay uh, the Lord said, vengeance is mine, I'll repay. And Billy said, yeah, but there would be one less God has to fool with. <laughs> he said, I'll, I'll take care of that. Which that'll be one less that God has to fool with. Well, there's the righteous man's discipline. But then let's skip ahead. Look and let's close the passage in verse number 23. There is the righteous man's deliverance. Look what the Bible says. The steps of a good man. If you'll notice the word good is in italics, meaning that it's not in the original, but the inference is there. And so therefore the translators added the word good so you'd understand, not the wicked man. He's not talking about the wicked man. He's talking about the righteous man. He's talking about the good man. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. By the Lord. By the Lord. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I've had a whole lot of people say, Preacher, what's this or what's that or how do you do this or how do you do that? And I just tell them, I say, look, fellas. <laughs> so I said, well, you, were you just at the right place at the right time? And I said, no, no. 
God had a plan. And we've been doing our best for the past 38 years, trying to stay out of God's way. All we've been doing is just trying to stay out of God's way, let Him order our steps, and let Him bring it to pass again and again and again. And He delighteth in His way. Look in verse 24. Though He fall. Isn't that interesting? Though He fall. Pretty regular, the Lord reminds me of things that I've wished that I hadn't said, things I wished I hadn't done, things that I wished that I had, had a different attitude about. Though He fall, the Scripture says He shall not be utterly cast down. I think sometimes the Lord lets us have enough of those stump toes to remind us who we are when we get puffed up, remind us who we are. But he says this, He shall not utter, be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Upholdeth him with his hand. He upholdeth, the Scripture says, his hand. The word him and with, they were added to understand the context. He upholdeth his hand. I'll just say it this way. When God's hand's for you, who can be against you? Ain't that the way Paul told it in the Romans? If God be for us, who could be against us? And he lists a whole list of things. And then he went on to say, I am persuaded that neither, and he gives this list of things, none of these things, none of these things are going to ultimately be against us. Doesn't mean that we're bulletproof. Doesn't mean that we're certainly above sin. But what it does mean is, and I think it goes back to what? Goes back to verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. Delight thyself also in the Lord. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Rest in the Lord. And because you've done those things, verse 23 comes into play. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and delighteth in his way. The righteous man's dwelling, the light, righteous man's delight, the righteous man's dependence, the righteous man's discipline, and the righteous man's deliverance. Father, we pray and ask that you'd help us. Lord, we thank you for this time together. We pray, God, that you would take the Word of God. May it not return void. And even though we've not had a crowd, we thank you, Lord, we've had the opportunity to share the good Word of God. Bless you people now, we pray, and help us in this hour in Christ's name. Amen and amen.